You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the Political Cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Welcome one and all to another live broadcast of the Political Cesspool. James Edwards and Keith Alexander, Saturday night, January the 27th. And Keith, just like that, one month is in the books. That seems like really weird. Very weird. A whole month and uh, that's that. Time flies when you're having fun. And uh, great guest as we have had this month getting off to a blistering start. Got a very, very exceedingly busy show tonight and uh, we'll try to get to it all you're going to hear from jose nino he'll be back with uh, some of the hottest of hot takes and then i am really excited about taylor young from antelope hill publishing coming back in the third hour they got a brand new book out and you know i appreciate all of the authors that they send us we have sort of a standing arrangement with them usually the last the third hour of the last saturday of every month we have a different author from their uh, stable of writers to to feature and different books and so on and so forth. But this book, it was just, they're all good, but I think this book really uh, was uh, especially interesting. So we'll get to those two guests uh, in just a moment. But uh, first, what's what's going on? Let's uh, hit the announcements. And then, as I said, a busy first hour with, I think, some topics that I'm very excited to uh, get out there and have Keith uh, break down for you. But uh, the good news is, I guess, out of the bat, after 11 days of no mail delivery. We talked about this last week. It snowed, what, two weeks ago, and then for 11 days there was no mail delivery or garbage pickup. After 11 days, the mail resumed, and garbage pickup resumed after 10 days. So that's not, you know, too terribly bad. Uh, Four inches of snow, you're shut down for almost half a month, but uh, what do you expect? And then it wasn't just that, though. It was I was talking to Keith before the show tonight. In my life, I'm 44 years old. I can never remember having a boil water advisory like you get in the third world. They've had three in the last uh, two years in Memphis now, including this week. For a whole week, you couldn't use your water at your home. You had to either boil it or go get bottled water. And, of course, everybody's panicking. There's no bottled water anywhere uh, on the shelves. Now, thankfully, I live out in the suburbs, so we still had one. city of Memphis. Boil water, no mail delivery, no garbage pickup, pipes busting everywhere. Well, uh, I hate to say what the problem is, but the problem is pretty obvious. Um, And it's a problem that plagues cities like Jackson, Mississippi, and uh, so on and so forth. In Jackson, I think they just completely gave up, didn't they? I mean, they just (laughs) – what happened in Jackson? Close, close. Well, what has happened is that uh, the state of Mississippi has decided they're not going to continue to bail out the – black-run government of Jackson, Mississippi. They're always using the money they have at hand to hire cronies, and that leaves no money for improving or replacing infrastructure. And that's why they're always having these breakdowns, and they come to either the state government or the federal government with a hat in their hand asking for uh, bailouts. And if they don't get them, then they charge racism, of course. And that's what they're doing. But in Mississippi, the state government has had has said, we're not bailing you out anymore. And what they're doing is they have taken the government, the state government section of the heart of Jackson and separated it from the rest of Jackson, 
the state government is providing all the utilities and everything else for that government zone, and the rest of Jackson basically is on their own. They're going to the federal government. They're charging racism and all of this type of stuff. But what they've done is they've shown that they're incapable of running the government. That's what happens in places like Memphis and Jackson that have a majority black population that votes in a black leadership cadre that is not competent, not up to the task of running their city. Was it Flint, Michigan that had all the water crisis a few years ago? I wonder if that was in play there, too, if it was just a coincidence. No, that was another majority (laughs) black city. See, Detroit, all of these places, you know, it just does not, they cannot handle it. They want that they have, you know, you can't have a first world community with a third world population, as we've said for time immemorial. Nation, community, neighborhood, you name it. Uh, all right, so there's that. But uh, for now, Nation. Government, government services have resumed. Uh, and then there were two. Let's move uh, up to New Hampshire. Uh, I guess there are two, if you can count Nikki Haley as a competitor. But uh, of course, Vivek and uh, Ron DeSantis, uh, since last week, Ron DeSantis has bowed out. <clears throat> Haley's still in, but why? You know, she lost New Hampshire this week uh, pretty resoundingly, considering that she spent $31 million just in New Hampshire trying to prop up her campaign. Uh, I read an article uh, this week that 70% of her voters were Democrats and independents because in New Hampshire you can vote in any primary. You just go in, and as long as you're a registered voter, presumably you can vote Republican or Democrat. It's not, you know, uh, a closed uh, primary. In most states, you don't have people registered as Democrats or Republicans, so they can come in and vote for anybody. But it looks like 70% of her, up to 70% of her votes weren't even Republicans. Now she's, uh, you know, staying in until South Carolina. I guess she's going to get crushed in her home state. You know, and that's embarrassing. A lot of times, People will bow out before uh, getting punked in their home state. Uh, some people are saying she's staying in it to get as many delegates as she can, so she'll be in the second place in the delegate count in case Trump goes to prison or is otherwise disqualified somehow. People are saying, you know, it's a constitutional crisis no matter what, because even if he goes to prison, there's going to be questions, can he run, can he do this? And, of course, even if the answer is yes, that doesn't mean that they're going to go by it. They'll try to throw him off the ballot. So I don't know. Maybe she's uh, staying in it to see what, what happens. But I, I, I'll tell you this. i got to play this clip, I, and I mean this, folks. When it comes to voting, you do what you want to do. Uh, we have never really had 100% consensus on voting. You know, we're all of such like mind, but some people say, you know, the worst is better. Let's speed up uh, the demise. Lesser of two evils. How about you know, let's vote for Trump, uh, which I, I'm, I'm going to do, unless he picks Haley. I don't think he'll do that. He has made some very questionable personnel decisions in the staffing of his administration in the first go-around. But if well, he pe- I like putting Nikki Haley in charge There's of the, the uh, United States. Well, that did kind of get her out of being the governor of South Carolina, so I didn't mind that too much because the United Nations is – who would want that position? But at least it got her out of South Carolina. But listen to this. Listen to this this week. This is, this is what I'm talking about. We were the only Indian family – in our small southern town. I was teased every day for being brown. So anyone that wants to question it can go back and look at what I've said on how hard it was to grow up in the deep south as a brown girl. Anybody can look at my record and see when Walter Scott was shot down by a dirty cop, how I made sure that the Walter Scott family 
didn't suffer because we put the first body camera bill in the country in place. Anybody can look at the fact that when we had nine amazing souls die in Mother Emanuel Church, I did something that no Republican or Democrat ever wanted to touch, which was call for the Confederate flag to come down because it would take two-thirds of the House and Senate and was an impossible feat. I don't know what you're implying with that, but what I will tell you is saying that I had black friends is a source of pride. Saying that I had white friends is a source of pride. If you want to know what it was like growing up, I was disqualified from a beauty pageant because I wasn't white or black, because they didn't know where to put me. So look, I know the hardships, the pain that come with racism. It's the reason that I fight bullies every day when it comes to racism, anti-Semitism, or hate, and I always will. If I didn't mention slavery on that day, it's because that's an automatic. There's always been, the Civil War's always been known about slavery. All right, so there, you know, <laughs> there's nobody in the Republican base that wants to vote for a hag like that. Uh, first of all, I'd like to know what beauty pageant she's talking about. She's probably making it up. What, when she would have been in beauty pageants in the 1980s, Vanessa Williams, a mixed-race woman, won Miss America in 1984. I bet she's making that up. But all of this other stuff, I mean, that's Hillary Clinton. That sounded just like Hillary Clinton to me. Nobody in the Republican base is wanting to vote for warmed-over liberalism. And I will tell you this about Trump. If he does somehow pick her, I will not vote for him. That is an absolute deal-breaker. I have the luxury of being able to do that in Tennessee because he's going to carry Tennessee by 40 points. But uh, if you're in a swing state, make up your own mind. God be with you. Uh, no judgment here. But that's a deal-breaker for me. Somebody like that, absolute deal-breaker. Or the homosexual Tim Scott. Well, I'm down with you. He's now got a beard. I understand Tim Scott has married. Well, he's engaged to a white woman. I think that's probably a pretty obvious cover. Yeah, it's but... a beard, what they call it. Oh, a beard. Okay, I see. I was wondering what you said because I saw him the other day. He's got less hair than I do. No, a beard is a situation where a homosexual tries to disguise their homosexuality by marrying. Okay, that was a common practice back in the old days south carolina is such a great state with so many great people how do you get tim scott miss lindsey graham and nikki haley who's i mean you know she could pass for white i mean she i mean all this well, stuff she, she I, is whiter than a lot of uh, white, uh, white blonde haired blue-eyed white women that have a, a suntan okay <laughs> and trying to pretend that she is some type of victim of uh you know racism on one hand and then on the other hand that she is a staunch defender of, you know, of, she is for anti-Semitism, this, that, and the other. Ask her about Palestinians. How does she right. feel about them? Hold on. we got to take a break. We'll come back with this and so much more this first hour. We're off and running. Stay tuned. Hey there, TPC family. This is James Edwards, your host of The Political Cesspool. Folks, I want you to subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist, independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues facing America from an America First perspective. I've worked with the American Free Press since even before the beginning of TPC. Now that's something. 
you can subscribe to the print edition by visiting AmericanFreePress.net today or simply pick up a handy digital edition subscription. However you do it, subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, by visiting AmericanFreePress.net or by calling 1-88-699-NEWS, AmericanFreePress.net. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies, John 8:44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then, the more they use the lie, the more they reproduce the lie. The more spiritual power they get. Now look, the media is a lie multiplier. And this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast. That power protects the cells of the beast from prosecution. Why isn't Hillary in prison? She is protected. We must restore our national relationship with God. Truth is sacred in the kingdom. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. Isaiah 9, 6. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. And we're back. So, yeah, that clip, that was from Nikki Haley a week, last week, just before the New Hampshire primary. Who's she winning over with that? I guess she was trying to win over more Democrats to vote for in New Hampshire, maybe. She's sitting there with these two two stern-faced lesbian women interviewing her in this clip. You can uh, uh, view it at Occidental Descent in the post about Trump winning New Hampshire. But, yeah, I mean, that right there, What? what who, need, who needs Democrats? Well, I'll tell you what she's trying to do. She's trying to impress the donor class. That's all that she wants to do. That she knows where the money is, and the money is with positions like that that are in, extremely uh, unpopular, not just with white uh, voters, but with non-white voters. She's obviously pandering. She's obviously lying. She is, you know, she would lie when the truth would sound better. She's bad news. Well, and you're right about that. Is that. Uh you know, non-whites don't like a pandering fool like this any more than uh, we do. And, you know, some they certainly have more contempt for them. They certainly have a lot of disdain for them. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, she is certainly trying to cozy up further to the managerial class of the Republican Party. But uh, other than that, nobody else is going to want that. So, anyway, we'll see what happens. But she's not going to win a single state. I mean, I guess the the whole strategy is to just stay in and see what happens with Trump. But uh, there's not much more to say about that. What she wants to do, she thinks, again, she can ignore the interests of the actual voters and uh, money talks and BS walks. She's going to get the donor class behind her totally and when that happens you know she thinks that well they're already behind her she's she's planning on being the lesser of two evils and getting in that way well (laughs) so many other republicans have uh for time and memorial you know there was a lot of monkey shines with ron paul and they were disqualifying delegates and doing all kinds of dirty tricks when he was not in their pocket if you're not in the pocket of jewish power and influence and the wealthy donor class of uh gentiles as well they will pull no punches they will go after you hammer and tongs. they will destroy you it was they possibly can one thing to 
to do that against Ron Paul, who was a distant second place to Mitt Romney. And or the, Pat Buchanan. But uh, doing it to the guy who's going to win all 50 states, uh, we'll see. But uh, also at Occidental Descent this week, a uh, nice article from Brad. It's not just here what they're trying to do to Trump. It is worldwide. The people who claim to be defending democracy are the ones who are banning opposition around the globe. Uh, this is uh, the, stu- uh, the scoop from Occidental Descent. In Ukraine, Brad writes, Zelensky has banned his opposition, refused to hold national elections, banned churches, and incarcerated and killed dissidents like Gonzalo Lira. In Brazil, Bolsonaro has been banned from office for eight years. In Belgium, Vlaams Bloch was also banned years ago. In Greece, Golden Dawn and its successors have been banned. In Poland, the new prime minister, Donald Tusk, has been arresting his nationalist opposition. Both Marine Le Pen and Eric Zemmour in France have been put on trial multiple times. Here, of course, in the United States, Donald Trump has been arrested four times and is now facing 90-plus felony charges. And the biggest question of the year is whether the country can handle Trump either being disqualified from office or convicted and sent to prison. We've never tried imprisoning the Republican presidential nominee before, but it is part of a global trend of so-called democracy defenders turning towards authoritarianism. Everything they say we are, they actually are, and in spades, we should be more like them in Germany now. A story from the BBC, Germany is wrestling with a potentially explosive debate over whether to ban the far-right party alternative for Germany. This is, uh, I don't know how far-right they really are, but they're probably better than the establishment, and they are trying to ban them because they're doing so well. Germans have been shocked by revelations that senior figures attended a meeting where mass deportations were discussed. Well, of course, I mean, that's all it takes to get people upset over there. Of course you need to have mass deportations in Germany. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, and so now they're trying to defend that because party because it's doing so good at the ballot box. So everywhere, again, just in summation, everywhere you look, democracy defenders the people defending democracy so people can vote for the candidate of their choice. Uh, Throughout the West, they've grown tired of liberalism and democracy. Why not just arrest, disqualify, or ban the opposition? Why not just censor and fire people to shut them up? Why not weaponize the intelligence community against them? And so on and so forth. They say if Trump gets back into power, he might uh, arrest his political enemies or go on a a, a revenge or have some vengeance. (laughs) They're doing it already. Well, I think they're prescient. I wish he had. I wish he was as ruthless as they are. Right. Well, what's happening is that Jewish power and influence wants one world government, and they want to be the ones in charge of one world government. That's what Ukraine is about. That's what the current kerfuffle in Israel is about. Uh, And that's happening all over the world, all over the Western world in particular. They want to stop, stifle the voice of the people, and they want to gain control and Jewish power and influence has no respect whatsoever for the founding principles of America or the founding fathers, and the reason is none of them are Jewish. They want to be in charge, and they don't let little things like freedom of speech and the uh, Bill of Rights and things like that get in their way. And we're seeing now things that were unthinkable. If somebody had tried to pull something like this in the 1950s, there's no telling what would have happened. But see, well, now, I mean, they were rigging elections in Cook County, Illinois, certainly not long after that. But oh, yeah. Well, the thing is, they start out in the urban areas, but they, they now are totally without any fear. They are going after nations. They're going after major party candidates. They will do anything that it takes to gain and can keep power. 
All right. So, and the, and the ultimate goal is one world government. For example, Ukraine, they don't want Russia becoming a regional power like they were before uh, the fall of the Soviet Union. We're actually going to talk about uh, a unipolar versus a multipolar war uh, world rather uh, in the second hour with Jose Nino. He's been writing and speaking about that recently, so that's actually something that's going to be coming up, and I'm looking forward to having that conversation. Uh, switching gears to another thing that caught my attention this week. The Supreme Court has cucked on the issue of whether or not Texas can have a fence up with some razor wire to try to stem the absolute invasion at the southern border. It is an invasion. It is a great replacement. They have a fence with some razor wire that they were able to muster. And uh, Jared Taylor did a video on it this week at Amrin. The question is whether we do or don't have a southern border. Texas believes that America is a nation. The Democrats don't. How hard will each side fight? Well, it's not good that the so-called conservative Supreme Court ruled five uh, to four in favor of uh, having uh, letting allowing the Biden administration to force that to be taken down. And you had the defectors, Roberts, no surprise, and Amy Coney or Comey Barrett, uh, whatever her name is. You can't trust a woman with three names, folks. I'm telling you, you cannot trust a woman with three names. Keith, she went to your alma mater, Rhodes College. Uh, what do you make of uh, the decision this week? Well, lay the blame at Donald Trump, okay? Gorsuch and Amy Comey Barrett. Well, I think Gorsuch voted right on this one. Well, I know, but that's rare, okay? He's also a squishy conservative. He's a guy that will follow John Roberts uh, four times out of five. And see, this is the problem that we have. We have the opportunity. We've had the opportunity since the 1960s. Most of the Supreme Court justices were nominated by Republican presidents. And guess what? The more things change, the more they stay the same. These so-called conservatives like uh, uh, Lewis Powell and um, uh, others that they've had, you know, uh, for example, John Paul Stevens was supposed to be a conservative, and I think it was Gerald Ford that nominated him for the Supreme Court. He turned out to be the biggest liberal on the court. See, we have a deep state, even back then, that does not want to give power to the people. They want people's uh, instincts to not have an audience, to be voted down. And, you know, Trump listened to advisors, got Amy Comey Barrett in there, Neil Gorsuch, John Roberts, people like that in there, and those people are worthless 90% of the time. The only real conservatives that we have on the Supreme Court now are Samuel Alito and Clarence Thomas. I would say certainly that it, it was better for Trump to have selected so many justices as opposed to Hillary, but really the only thing that conservatives can say, where am I, well, you did have a good decision on affirmative action. You did have that. You had abortion, which is really a mixed bag. I mean, that is not my signature issue uh, of course, in in a, in a it is murder. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But uh, th there's a lot of considerations with regards Look, to that particular action, issue. Affirmative action is not going to amount to a hill of beans unless you get the EEOC. The reason you have affirmative action is that the actual, you know, the 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 real power there, a guy named Alfred Bloomrose, and Jewish, of course, was the number two man. It, the EOC. The EOC was created by the 1964 Civil Rights Act to enforce the 1964 Civil Rights Act. And affirmative action is absolutely 
180 degrees the opposite of the language that is in the 64 Civil Rights Act, but the Supreme Court said, well, we've got to give a lot of latitude to the bureaucracy that has been appointed by the Congress to enforce this law. So basically, they totally ignored the law. I hear a lot of talk now about by people like Charlie Kirk and whatnot that we need to uh, do away with the 64 Civil Rights Act. No, we don't need to do that. We need to enforce the 1964 Act according to its colorblind language. If we did that, then white people would gain and minorities would lose. But they're not going to do that. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be, for example, getting Harvard to actually do something about affirmative action and end it. Don't hold your breath. I, there have been some victories on the Supreme Court under this group of justices that Trump had a heavy hand in putting on the bench. But this is a this is the issue. This is where the rubber meets the road when it comes to immigration. And if you're ruling that a state can't protect its borders, that's the big one to me. We'll be right back. Pursuing Liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Tim Berg. Former President Donald Trump is the winner of the Republican New Hampshire primary. Trump defeating former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley. Earlier, Haley said the primaries are a marathon, not a sprint, while looking ahead to the next contest. Freezing rain and snow are causing headaches for millions of Americans in the Midwest today. The National Weather Service says icy roads and possible power outages are possible from Kansas up to Maine. Illegal immigrants continue to enter the country across the southern border, but a bipartisan border deal could soon be coming. Maine Republican Senator Susan Collins says the price tag will likely pass $14 billion. But some GOP lawmakers want to see the text of the bill before they consider it. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby is calling on House Republicans to act. The idea that we don't have a plan or a strategy or we're not taking this seriously is just not borne out by the facts. And, you know, again, if the, if, if the folks in the, on the House Republican side are, are serious about border security, and they claim they are, then they should act on the supplemental request and, you know, let's negotiate this in good faith. And regarding that supplemental bill, Senate Minority Leader from Kentucky Mitch McConnell reminds everyone on the House floor. I don't want to lose track of what the rest of the supplemental is about. I mean, the world is basically at war. United Airlines CEO Scott Kirby is disappointed in Boeing's recent issues that have led to United planes being grounded. Kirby saying on CNBC that Boeing needs real action to fix its reputation. The FAA launched an investigation into Boeing and ordered the grounding of close to 200 Boeing 757 MAX 9 aircraft after a door plug panel flew off an Alaska Airlines flight earlier this month. This is USA News. President Biden recently released a massive $6 trillion budget, the largest budget in U.S. history. And guess who pays the bill? That's right, you, the American taxpayer. American citizens and business owners will be paying more taxes. That's a fact. And if you owe back taxes, they will be coming after you to collect payments. In fact, President Biden also hired thousands more IRS agents to go after you. If you got a letter from the IRS and you know you owe back taxes or you haven't filed in years, 
Put your head in the sand. Call us today. We've saved our customers millions of tax dollars. One quick, free phone call will show you how we can reduce your past tax bill and save you thousands. Guaranteed, or you pay nothing. Call now. 800-511-6046. 800-511-6046. That's 800-511-6046. Hello, TPC family. It's James, and I've got to tell you that I sleep better at night knowing that there are organizations like the Conservative Citizens Foundation. The purpose of the Conservative Citizens Foundation is to promote the principles of limited government, individual liberty, equality before the law, property rights, law and order, judicial restraint, and states' rights, while at the same time exploring the dangers posed by liberalism to our national interests and cultural institutions. The Conservative Citizens Foundation also seeks to educate the public on the dangers of extremist ideologies like critical race theory and cultural Marxism. I've worked with the good people at the Conservative Citizens Foundation for many years, and their work comes with my complete endorsement. For more information and to keep up with all the latest conservative news headlines, please check out their website, MericaFirst.com. That's M-E-R-I-C-A-1-S-T.com, MericaFirst.com. Antelope Hill Publishing is America's leading publisher of dissident books, bringing you a wide variety of new translations and original works on every subject from the Spanish Civil War to the funding behind the transgender movement. Antelope Hill publishes books that mainstream publishers won't touch, full of information that challenges the political status quo and brings real culture to the reading public at an affordable price. If you count yourself as a political dissident, then you owe it to yourself to check out the Antelope Hill catalog with exclusive offerings like Rebel Mountain by Kurt Eggers, a brand new reprint of the infamous You Gentiles by Marie Samuel, and now the treatise of a January 6th prisoner in the American regime. There is something there for everyone, and new titles are added every month. Check out the complete catalog today at antelopehillpublishing.com. That's antelopehillpublishing.com. I'm James Edwards, and I want you to check out antelopehillpublishing.com. Your sister's on a trip, your mama got hit. Little girl, you look so okay. You won't want no fool. You won't book a fool. You're here to the consultation of who I weep. Well, that's one from the deep vault there that Keith uh, came up with. He said, how about Nikki Hokey in honor of uh, Nikki Haley's yeah, loss there? I, 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 I was not familiar with that one. I didn't know there was any song. From the 60s, I didn't know. As an early Cajun uh, song, you know, like the things with Credence Clearwater Revival, but this was an actual Cajun guy. And by the way, I, the only change I would make from Nikki Hokey would be Nikki Phony. <laughs> well, what about Amy Coney Bear? Or maybe that's just who she is. But uh, anyway, so She's yeah. She's scared of being out of step with the donor class, okay? These people have gotten where they are by parroting the outlook of the donor class. So, you know, you're not going to get much from those people. You're going to have to have uh, a president that has better advisors that can tell him who the real conservatives are and who the uh, posers and the phonies are. All right. Well, again, as I said, uh, I would trade 
the road decision, I think, for a border wall right now. I think that's the thing you have to arrest first. Doesn't matter. I mean, if we're not the ones having the babies, what's it matter? And well, so uh, the most important thing, though, is that we've got to get past affirmative action because that is what is, in practical terms, thrusting the white race to the bottom of the totem pole in education, in jobs, and in everything else that in, uh, translates into power in American society today. All right. So I, I got to do something here, folks, and I have to do it. I don't like doing this, but I have to. You know our motto here. Well, we got a couple of them. No retreat, no surrender, no apologies. That's the official one. But the second one is don't punch right, no enemies to the right, fly above the turbulence. We never get into movement beasts. We never air opinions that make anyone, a fellow traveler look bad. And, we we and don't even, get involved in the innumerable pissing contests that always arise on the right. If we may have our opinions behind the scenes and we may work behind the scenes to express those opinions for the betterment of our cause, but we don't air stuff like that. It's not a gossip show. So I don't like to do this, but I got I to gotta take Alex Jones back uh, under the microscope. Yeah, there was uh, something that came up this week that just didn't sit well with me at all. A series of tweets uh, that he put out this week. Uh, he is responding to a headline here that reads, Proud Boys leader, no, excuse me, this is Patriot Front. Excuse me, not Proud Boys. Patriot Front leader, Rousseau is not a patriot. He is an unknown person of interest. He has a history that was recently created. I found someone who claims to have known him, and I will be speaking with them next week. And then Alex Jones writes interesting questions. Uh, then it goes on. He goes on to uh, liken this to Charlottesville. Basically what happened, folks, were that the Patriot Front did a demonstration uh, up in New York a few days ago, I believe it was. And then Alex Jones, of course, everybody's a fed to Alex Jones. See, nothing can ever be just what it is. Everything has to be some elaborate conspiracy. Everything's a CIA op, uh, so on and so forth. And somebody writes on Twitter, somebody that doesn't know anything, that doesn't know these people. I've met Thomas Rousseau, all right? I don't think he's a plant. I don't think he's a, a phony. I don't know him personally. I have met him, and in, and I enjoyed the meeting. But uh, somebody writes, if Patriot Front was actually a real organic right supremacy group, the media would be all over them. Well, they have been. They have been. Alex Jones replies, 100% correct. This is in preparation for Charlottesville 2.0 on a massive scale. Many of these Fed Front organizations are just uh, patsies in the making, the membership are. The leadership are NGO operatives from groups like the SPLC and the ADL who take direction from the CIA. So here, here's Alex Jones saying that the people in the Patriot Front, namely Thomas Rousseau, is a CIA asset that is taking his direction from the SPLC and the ADL. He says this without a shred of proof. And he's also saying that the people who marked in Charlottesville, marched in Charlottesville, are people, the people that we know well, so many of them that we know well, from Michael Hill to you name it. We talked to them the day of the event. We talked to them before, during, and after the event. Best show we ever did, I say, minute for minute, pound for pound, is that show we did hours after the events that took place on August the 12th, 2017. And Alex Jones is saying that, that the people in Charlottesville were feds. You know, everybody's a fed. Uh, it, it creates a backdrop the feds can project to, marauding bands of masked men creating fear ahead of staged terror. They're feds, whether they're aware of it or not. They're doing the work of the feds. Alex Jones continues. 
And he just goes on and on and on. So I have a big problem with that. I have a big problem with there's only two things that could be possible that can possibly explain this. Either Alex Jones is offensively and woefully ignorant of the facts, or he is lying and he knows he's lying. And I don't know which is worse, but to say that the people in Charlottesville were all feds that were on our side to say, I don't know the Patriot front folks as well, but to say that they're all feds, you don't know that. If you want to know that, why don't you interview one of them? Why, you know, he said he's going to interview a guy who claims to have talked to a guy in Patriot front. I mean, what the hell is that? Look, I, I'm telling you, this, this is bad news, and you've got to do better than that. Look, Alex Jones can't interview real participants like Brad Griffin or Michael Hill because if he did, they would twist him or, you know, uh, like a pretzel. This is all on his Twitter this week, so you can go See, check it. The problem with Alex Jones is this. He wants to have a foot in both camps. He wants to be able to say, but see, I'm on the right side on the civil rights movement, and all these people that were protesting in Charlottesville are nasty old racists, and I'm not like that. And just like he said with Brother Kapner, I love Jewish people. Let me ignore all the evidence about their complicity in every left-wing radical movement that we've had in America, basically over the past 100 years. I'm all with Jews. So, you know, and he tries to, you know, uh, come up with the, these crazy notions like uh, 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 Adolf Hitler was this, you know, t person without any redeeming qualities. He's just, he's just a phony. He is a, he's either a plant or he is so cucked that he doesn't know what he is. And then, I don't know, who knows? I mean, it's all just speculation what's going on in his mind. Yes, I like it when he has somebody like Brother Nathaniel on, even if he, you know, shouts over them and argues with them nonstop. I don't know why you'd have and somebody. And cuts them out after he says he's going to have them on for two uh, sessions. After the first session, he immediately turns around and uh, wipes out their interview and never follows up with the other interview. He is scared of real competition. I mean, I, I still like when he has – at least he's letting, to an extent, people like Brother Nathaniel on a once-in-a-blue-moon occasion. I mean, that was Brother Nathaniel's one and only appearance, but people like that. He'll have on very rarely, and, they'll, exactly. and he's able they – are, they are able to get their message out a little. And, and from time to time, yes, Alex Jones says things that I do agree with, but all of this stuff, I, I never have liked the snake oil stuff that he does. I've never liked that everything's an elaborate conspiracy. And people say all the time, well, white people need to get up and do something. You know, the reason we've lost our country, nobody wants to get up and do anything. And then if somebody gets up and does something, like Patriot Front, the, these are fit. Or Brother these, Kapner or whatever. These are fit uh, young men. They're not obese. They're not... Uh, Unlike they're Alex not, Jones. <laughs> they're not imbeciles. And people say, well, they're obviously feds. Look, they're not obese and imbecilic. You know, so this is... The, so it's like, okay, you can't... You're arguing, you're complaining that white men don't do something. But then the second white men get up and try to do something and get organized, you lambast them and attack them for being feds. I mean, what are you supposed to do? Look, he's a big, fat blowhard. He is a loose cannon. He is unreliable. He has a, a, a problem holding his temper. He just people like to hear him because it's like kind of like Donald Duck going crazy on a cartoon. Well, I mean, he's certainly been successful. He's made more money a thousand times over, maybe exponentially more than we'll ever make. So good, you know, good for him for that. But well, I mean, this, no, no but bad he, for him for that because he's taking away money from people that really know what they're saying 
have the whole, uh, you know, have the facts before them and are telling the truth to the people. He's a misleader. Well, and somebody, we do not need phony leaders trying to mislead people down the primrose path to hell. As I said, folks, you listen to this show for as long as you want. One year, 10 years, 20 years. We don't attack people on the right. But when, when you got somebody like this who has a big microphone. And I didn't like a the big look, mouth. I didn't, I didn't like the fact that he canceled Brother Nathaniel at the last minute. That's what got Brother Nathaniel back on our show a couple of weeks ago. And so I was thankful for that. Uh, I, that's what prompted me to call Brother Nathaniel up on the phone. And, you know, we got reconnected, and it's always good to talk to him. But I didn't like that, so we, we talked about that. I don't attack people on the right. But when you're saying that people I know are feds or, work, or CIA agents working the SPLC, that's just it's, well, it's ridiculous. Well, the reason he's doing that is because he wants to be on the right side of the civil rights movement. See, he hasn't gotten past that. They're getting nothing, brother uh, Alex Jones, by pandering to the left. They hate your guts. Well, they, even yeah, more. they've already got him for what, like five hundred million dollar judgment. I mean, they, I don't and see he's what still kissing it, ass. And, well, Jason Kessler had a great retort to this. He's saying the people in Charlottesville. This is Charlottesville 2.0, which is to imply that Charlottesville 1.0 was a Fed-run operation. Obviously, Jason Kessler says instead of just saying all this stuff about Charlottesville, why don't you talk to somebody who was there? Why don't you talk to the guy who organized it, Kessler? Kessler would go on Alex Jones' show and tell him the truth. Because he'd tie him up in a bow. <laughs> we'll be right back. Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise, from flags to T-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com, where you can meet all of your Southern needs. While you're waiting, drop by our Confederate corner for a free cup of coffee and good conversation. Remember, there are no strangers here, just friends who haven't met yet. Dixie Republic, we're not just a roadside attraction, we're a destination for our people. For more information, visit DixieRepublic.com. Introducing Managed IT Services from NPI. We offer top-notch data backup and recovery, email spam protection, and network security tailored to your needs and budget. With 20-plus years of experience in the medical field, our HIPAA-certified consultants know what it takes to protect sensitive information. Don't settle for less. Give us a call at 801-706-6980 and experience the difference with Managed IT Services. Remember, your IT support should be fast, efficient, and reliable. Introducing PrepStartsNow.com, your ultimate guide to readiness and peace of mind. We offer practical preparedness tools, training, and education to take your family's household readiness to the next level. Browse the prep shop for essential products, check out our planning guides, and stay informed with our prep blog. Visit PrepStartsNow.com and subscribe to our emails for exclusive offers, new products, and future events. Remember, preparedness begins with PrepStartsNow.com.
That is a. I I, I, I got to listen to one more chorus. goes on and on like that. I've always loved that song. That's James and Bobby Purify, of course. Who did Shake a Tail Feather. That is a beautiful song. But if you apply it to politics, it is hilarious. If you I thought it was a duet by Alex Jones and Nikki Haley, <laughs> well, actually. I, look, I don't think Alex Jones is a puppet. I think he's an entertainer. But I, I definitely think, yeah, Nikki Haley, MAGA Mike Johnson, all subservient. Apply this to your favorite Republican congressman and APAC, and then you'll kind of get where we're going. Well, I, I think Alex is the same way. <laughs> Alex is knows where the uh, borderline is, and he's never going to even put so much as a toenail across it. He's going to continue to say, I'm really a, 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 a far-right conservative, but the civil rights was pure, righteous, and holy, and, uh, you know, everybody that is, uh, you know, uh, will speak out about Jewish power and influence is a crazy person. You know, he's, uh, he's, just, uh, he's just a phony. Well, I mean, you just can't have people like that Taking up money and uh, taking up, uh, you know, taking all the oxygen out of the room in conservative politics. All right. So I'm sending an email live uh, to Jose, our guest, in the next hour. So just uh, we're, we're multitasking here. Well, and then Alex Jones, all the stuff when he says that the China runs the media, the American media, China runs Hollywood. I mean, Look, we'd probably be, be, I mean, obviously that's just, again, more ridiculous stuff. We'd probably be better off if they did. I mean, at least China, in China, they don't let the, the Disney movie with the Black Little Mermaid, they don't let that kind of filth come over. And uh, they're, they're not supporting <laughs> transgenderism and homosexual rights. How could rights. you believe China runs Hollywood? I mean, what are you talking about? We've covered that before. I mean, at least China, yeah, they're communist, but uh, would we be better off with a little order? At least they manufacture things. I mean, it's cheap, and they, you know, they dump it on us, but at least they're trying to do what's best for their national interest. I mean, I, we'd be and better they're not off. Trying, they're not trying to subvert our children and bring them into... Uh, Sexual perversity, what the is way it? that uh, Jewish power and influence is. What does America produce now except for degeneracy and filth? That's our only export now. You know, it's funny. You can go to a place like, you know, Chad in Africa, the, the, the Republic of Chad, where they still live in daub huts, and they're laughing at the United States. You know, some of these African nations that have law on the books against homosexuality, America's trying to export all of that to, to them, and they're laughing. Uh, they're, they're laughing. They have, they have more decency they, than they than think the America American. has gone insane. Uh, it's like uh, you know they had some type of movie where a coke bottle was found by some Maasai warrior in South Africa, and he said the gods must be crazy was the name of this movie. Well, that's what the rest of the world, the non-Western world, thinks about America and West Germany and England and France and places like that. They think that we've all lost our minds. And you know what? They've got a point. All right. At least our nation, national leadership has. I, I'm going to uh, go off on a tangent here. Uh, it's, I, I said, uh, talking about some of the straw huts in Africa, uh, I guess America is a little bit like the big bad wolf. They're trying to huff and puff and blow their house in and make them uh, embrace all of this stuff, which leads me to something. My daughter and I, my youngest daughter, Caroline, She's three, and she has this book that she loves to read. It's called Arthur Goes to School. And Arthur's, you know, I, I don't know if he's a rabbit or a 
mouse or something. He's something. He's, you know, but uh, he goes to school in this particular story. And it's one of these lift the flaps and, you know, you find there's something to discover underneath the flap. So it's kind of like an interactive book. But there's only five pages. She reads it. I read it to her, I should say, either my wife or I. Every night for like the last three months, she wants to read, she'll bring it. Author goes to school. And in the first page of the book, you help Arthur get dressed. And in the second page, you uh, it's show and tell at his class. And then in another page, you learn about opposites. And then at the end of it, uh, it's story time at his class. You get to go to school with Arthur in the book. And this book that Arthur wants to read to the class is The Three Little Pigs. And Caroline just loves it. She loves it, and she loves it. So she wanted to start watching videos on the three little pigs. I go to YouTube and I found what I think is, and I'd seen it before when I was a kid and totally forgot about it. Probably the greatest animated feature ever. And it was 1933 and it's only eight minutes. It's not a full length feature film like they do now with cartoons, but it's an eight minute Walt Disney feature on the three little pigs and the big bad. It shows you how founded and based America was back then as opposed to now and this was an actual disney production not just in name only he did this uh, cartoon and it's the classic story of the the three little pigs so the big bad wolf comes up to the first pig and he's got his house made out of straw and he appears as the wolf he knocks on the door little pig little pig let me in not by the hair of my chinny chin chin so he huffs and puffs and blows the house in so then the first brother runs to his other brother's house which is made out of uh, wood sticks and in this scene the wolf appears as a sheep. He's trying to trick him. He's pretending to be a sheep, and he just needs a place to sleep, and the, the two pigs see through that. So he takes off the sheep's costume, and then he blows that house blows out. the house in. So then they run to the brother's house made out of brick. Yeah. And, and the practical, uh, practical pig. The practical pig. Yeah. And the wolf appears in this scene. So remember, he appears as himself at the first house of straw and the second house of stick. He's a wolf in sheep's clothing. He's a, a, yes, correct. And then I swear to you, go to YouTube. It's incredible. 1933, you'll have to type in the three little pigs, silly symphony. It's that's what Disney called this cartoon series, silly symphonies. In the third house, he, the wolf disguises himself as a Jew. As a Jewish merchant. As a Jewish merchant. To try to trick the pigs to let him in so he can kill them. Try, trying to make money to put himself through college. <laughs> well, that's his, yeah, yeah. Well, Keith and I just watched that here, and it's just, uh, it's just amazing. Now, of course, that's just done to be comical. Well, I don't know. Maybe there's a lesson there. I don't know what the, the message Disney was trying to get. Uh, well, put, Disney put did have the... trouble with the Sons of Israel that we've gone over uh, with our audience numerous times, but... You know, basically, they tried to put him out of business. His was the only major movie studio in Hollywood that was not run by Jewish uh, uh, interests. In this, uh, in this cartoon, by 1939, which came out in 1933, uh, the in the third the third uh, act, the wolf appears as a Jewish merchant, and then they see through that and they knock him on the head, and then he takes off the mask. He starts and, howling and scowling. And, and all right, but they remastered the movie after World War II, and every scene is exactly the same except for one. <laughs> Can you guess which one it is? And the third, it's the, the only thing that changed, same exact script, same exact everything, the only thing they changed was that third scene, the wolf just appears as the wolf. Shows you no who's costume. in control. You know, what do they say? Uh, it's attributed to Voltaire. I'm not sure Voltaire said it, but he said, if you want to know who rules over you, ask who you're not allowed to criticize. 
Uh, we we have talked about uh, Disney before and. Uh, People saying that Dumbo was an extremist movie. <laughs> Dumbo was an extremist well, Dumbo movie. Dumbo was the movie that was the last ha- card in Disney's deck. They, Jewish, Jewish Hollywood wanted to buy Disney Studios. Uh, they w- He wouldn't sell, so they noticed he had a weakness. He had cartoon features, so they unionized his cartoonists and had them go out on strike. And he was down to the last film in his, uh, you know, library that hadn't been released, Dumbo. If Dumbo had flopped, he'd have gone bankrupt, and they would have picked it up for uh, peanuts. But instead, it was a great hit. And after that, Disney would not let a Jew on the lot. Well, they say, his critics say, that the ringmaster in that film was meant to be symbolized organized jewelry and Dumbo was representative of the innocence of the American heartland where Disney came from. Of course, you have a character named Jim Crow in the movie that relentlessly mocks Dumbo and he's a black crow in that. So, you know, I guess you can get that. But uh, they uh, (laughs) it was said that Disney was quoted as having said that uh, he heard that Roosevelt uh, FDR called the 1900s the century of the common man, to which, it is alleged, Disney replied, balls, it's the century of the Jew, the union cutthroat, the fag, and the whore, and FDR made it so. Uh, but you know what's interesting is that they had to redo that, uh, that cartoon of the three little pigs, Dumbo is bad, the Song of the South is bad, that was a Disney movie, Br'er Rabbit, but you can have, of course, movies like Django Unchained, which is just basically an anti-white yeah, I hate snuff, snuff film. A snuff film. You have Inglorious Bastards, where you have Eli Roth, whose character is named the Bear Jew. Yeah, he actually big bad Jews are up here killing the Nazis. Well, they, they're they're what they're doing is he, he goes up with a baseball bat. Uh, with barbed wire around it to German soldiers who have surrendered and bashes their skulls in. And that's supposed to be very uh, enchanting and uh, inspiring to the audience. Django Unchained, Inglorious Bastards. Those movies are fine. Dumbo, no good. It's an extremist film. Obviously, you can't have the Three Little Pigs, Song of the South. Uh, You can't show Gone with the Wind anymore. But interesting, the guy who played the Bear Jew, Eli Roth, when we had Hutton Gibson on and it was making so much news, you know, he came out and denounced us. So uh, you don't know us by our enemies, that's for sure. The Bear Jew of Inglorious Bastards just I'd add be him. disappointed if Eli Roth did not put us down. Well, but there you go. To have been put down. They do know who we are. And we uh, know who they are. <laughs> we'll be right back with Jose Nino. Go watch Dumbo. Go watch the Three Little Pigs Silly Symphonies. Uh, it's fun, you know. You know it's just Fantastic. There'll never be another Walt Disney, a true American hero. Stay tuned, everybody.